0: Hi, this is Amrita Sakumar, and I'm bringing to you this podcast called Unsettling. Look around you, everyone is trying to create their own story. Make a tiny change in someone's life by just following their passion and in turn, inspiring the others to follow suit. This podcast brings to you stories of people who have defied the definition of settled set by the society and have created their own. They have found happiness in their version of settling. Now that the world has come to a standstill, we realize that there were so many patterns and habits that we were unnecessarily following. We have also realized the value of the environment and how it affects us. Today's guest believes in sustainable living and she has applied it not only in her business but also in her personal life. She has her own company called Dwidge and it is based mainly in upcycling used clothes into bags, jewellery, and various other products. To know more about her and the sustainable living practices that she follows, please help me welcome Mrs. Somya Kaluri. Hi, Somya, How are you? Yeah. Hi, I'm Good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good too. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Yeah, it's likewise. Thank you so much for having me here. How has your day been so far? What what have you been doing? I think it's raining a lot here, so like you know, there's a little bit of productivity issues, but otherwise, there's no problem. Yeah, oh, I'm glad. I'm glad that it is, it is working yeah. fine, just with a little glitches, uh, which I think we'll be able to solve soon. So I, yeah. I just want to jump right on in into your story. Can you tell the listeners about how did you move towards sustainable living? What inspired you to make this change in your life? Yeah. Uh, so basically, I did my studies uh, in mechanical engineering from Pune, and then I after that I went to do my masters from Germany in commercial vehicle technology. So the studies were mostly about uh, like you know trucks and buses and etc. Automobile sector. So, uh, well, while I was doing my master thesis at John Deere in Germany, my thesis topic was uh, on life cycle assessment of their uh, vehicles, like uh, Mm. trucks and sprayers, etc. So, Mm. uh, what happened was like during that life cycle assessment. So, to give you a brief of what is life cycle assessment, it is a process of like you know understanding the total carbon footprint of any given product, right from its extraction. Till okay. the uh, end of its life. Or so mm-hmm. you can say that I want to do a life cycle uh, of like, you know, a paper bag maybe. Then mm-hmm. it uh, it starts from like cutting the tree or from growing the tree to cutting the tree to transporting it, doing the processing. And then finally what happens to the paper at the end. Right. So uh, while while this was going on, I was quite intrigued with the fact that every piece of material that we come in touch with has like really... A good amount of carbon footprint. So that led to, a, like, you know, a journey to understand more about uh, what my carbon footprint is. So it's hmm. it, it uh, like if you see on a larger scale, it could be like, okay, do you go to uh, like you, do you commute uh, by you know car or bike or like public transport, or it could be like, are you a vegetarian or a non-vegetarian, or like oh. all these things. So that is like the uh, like broader perspective uh-huh. so uh, so I saw that okay being a vegetarian and uh, someone who is almost on a public transport all the time mm-hmm. but I still see that there is a quite a lot of carbon footprint that I have so as I started to see more I understood that okay uh, the ways that which we are consuming right now mm-hmm. is like uh, you know very shocking so there are estimates uh, which have like you know say that if everyone were to live like how an American would live, so we would need many more uh, planet Earths. So all these facts were like, you know, quite shocking for me. And then uh, I moved uh, to India and then I was working for a, a, a company here. And then there also my job was like mostly to see what the carbon footprint of their waste is. Right. So that like was really a a personal journey for me as well to like then um so what happened was I wanted to shift uh, to a new place and I had to buy everything from scratch. Hmm. So then I thought this is my time where I should like you know personally research a lot about all these uh, things and then also like you know uh, adopt that kind of lifestyle. Right. So um, for example, then when we shifted, we decided that we are not going to own any major. Uh, appliances because of their carbon footprint or energy consumption. So hmm. basically we do not have like a refrigerator at home or a TV at home or a washing machine at home. Okay. So we name the appliance uh, chances are that they are not here. <laughs> so uh, so like and then we decided we will as, as far as possible we won't own a vehicle and we'll uh-huh. try and use only public transport and then there are other things like we decided to um like you know keep our products uh like whatever we buy them to be more natural or more sustainable or uh, maybe uh, assure that ensure that uh you know whoever is involved in making of uh, making this I uh, like paid well or whatever like all this kind of small small things when you talk about sustainability i think the more you go in you have a very big arena to cover that is true that is absolutely true um, and it's an absolute wonder to know that you have no refrigerator, no TV and not many appliances. So, how how do you manage that? How do you manage not having a lot of these luxuries that people can't live without now in this world? I, I think uh, that way, uh, I think it all starts with, uh, you know, uh, support from your family or from your husband especially. Uh Uh, Because it's not just uh, one person's decision, right? Right. So I think uh, luckily that worked in our case that we saw that our priorities are uh, very clear. So for Mm. example, when we talk about refrigerator, the major things that go into our refrigerator are uh, either like, you know, milk, dahi, idli Mm. batter, or like, you know, some pickles and uh, some vegetables, of course, vegetables. So Mm. when you uh, bifurcate these things and see, actually, if you're talking about milk and curd it's better uh, to not have them in the first place but if you really love them then you can have it in minimum quantities possible as well so right. you don't have to refrigerate like one liter of milk for over for over a very uh, big Lovely. period of time you no know? like you can instead opt for a 500 ml, like just for example and right. then luckily we have a very good uh, vendor who's, who lives very close by to our place so we get our vegetables as fresh as possible, so that also is like a healthy lifestyle to consume. Um, whenever the, you know, have fresh stuff. Otherwise, you just keep them in your refrigerator. So there are there are a lot of statistics about food wastage related to refrigerator uh, storage. Mm-hmm. So most of the um, reports point out to the fact that most of the food wastage occurs because of like you know uh, thinking that I want surplus so that I might need it somewhere, but. Once you start cleaning your refrigerator, you see that most of it goes to landfills. Mm. Right. So, it's a very big problem that we are facing right now. Hmm. And uh, I think it was, uh, honestly speaking, we never felt the uh, the uh, vacuum that uh, we might experience for not having these uh, luxuries. Hmm. Um, but I think, uh, like, you know, we were always um, kind of, I would say, a very sustainable um, uh, culture. At a large scale, so everyone understands facts, right? Yeah, so I think it has a very big role. And with respect to TV or anything, uh, these days we have like you know laptops and everything, so you can always uh, avoid a piece of um, appliance just because you want someone to think that they have a TV, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's also a lot of uh, like you know stereotype that okay, uh, uh, for example, you don't have a Uh, maybe a dining table at home so then you will be like how is it possible but come on we were always happy sitting cross-legged on the floor why do you have to even show off a dining table in the first place so these are all I feel like very unnecessary resources that we are bringing up just to justify our lifestyle yes yes that is true that is absolutely true sometimes we tend to buy things and uh, stuff it in our cupboards just because we Uh, were swayed by a lot of factors like, you know, maybe advertising or just peer pressure or just a lot of things in our surroundings. And uh, there's there's this one thing when you talk about sustainability and when you talk about, uh, you know, sitting down cross-legged, I have read articles about your home, the kind of home decor that you've done. And it's really intriguing. I definitely want to visit your house after this. So please do invite me. (laughs) Uh, Sure, sure. So uh, basically, if you come, you'll see very, very few stuff here. And uh, like, you know, some of our uh, relatives, especially my mother in law, feels like she's uh, in a village when she comes here because she (laughs) feels that everything is so much, you know, kind of natural and there's very less uh, fuzzy things. Yeah. Yes, I've, I I read about it. Glass, colored glass on the windows, cotton saris for curtains, bamboo blinds. Yeah. Night. Oh, it was yeah. it was a treat to read this. I am definitely sure that it will be wonderful to see it live as well. So anytime I... Uh, sure, 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 sure. Definitely there. you're welcome. Why not? Yes, that's that's my way of yeah. inviting myself. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Yes. So, and you also compost, by the way. So uh, you yes. could always come and see how the composting works also. I, I would love to actually. The way, uh, the kind of sustainability practices that you are following is like, you know, I felt after reading that, I felt like I was living in my uh, dadi's house. So when my dadi was alive, even she used to do a lot of things similar to this. We had uh, the bed frames with this cart and godai, the ones that you do yeah. yeah right yes. And we also had um, this, it's called pulpaya, that means a mat, which is woven and uh, okay. with, with the coconut leaves so on oh, that yes, place, yes. It, yeah so uh, dadi was very dynamic when she was there so i yeah. had a lot of fun going to kerala and you know hanging out wow good. i think uh, people in kerala are still a bit uh, towards that side of living i suppose in mumbai yes. we have lost all these practices for sure. yes, yes yes people in kerala still have a lot of them i mean i i feel even my mom when she keeps on telling me new things that she used to do as a child uh, I am really intrigued and well, since you are doing this, I'm really excited to know that even in a city, you, are, you can live a sustainable life if you want, yes. if you wish, you can definitely yes. do anything. Yes. So when, when you said you already mentioned that your uh, relatives and your loved ones were really supportive of this, did you have to convince them or were they on board from the start? Uh, I think, uh, like, you know, my experience has always uh, been uh, with my relatives or otherwise is that um, we are not well educated about the issue. Like, uh, we Mm -hmm. do not know how um, big this problem is. And Mm -hmm. once you start mentioning this kind of statistics or this kind of uh, living in your day-to-day conversations, they understand it even easier. So uh, uh, definitely there was no need for me to convince anyone about this. But and also the other factors, as I was mentioning, we were we are from this kind of cultural backgrounds, right? Like we right. saw uh, uh, th- that a sustainable lifestyle is possible. Uh, mm-hmm. So for them, uh, like the only thing they might have felt shocked that how is this possible in uh, like, you know, an urban uh, setup. But I think um, the, everyone was like really supportive and they, I think, are very, very, um, like, you know, proud of us being able to live like this. That is, yeah. I am I'm damn sure that they are. But, uh, well, since you have already done this, can you give a, a short example for us as, you know, people who have not been following such sustainable practices? What can we do to reduce the carbon footprint? Yeah, uh, so as I was mentioning, there are like quite a few ways that uh, you can look at this as a problem. Uh, Uh So see, you know, um, I could, I would be able to say like, you know, one is a very, very broad perspective where you decide that, okay, I'm going to cut down on my, uh, for example, meat intake uh, or I'm going to cut down on my uh, carbon emissions uh, from the, Uh, uh, automobiles or whatever commute you use so that plays a very major role uh, like you know uh, in creating a very much difference in your uh, 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 footprint Uh, so this is a broader perspective but we can understand that for many people that may or may not be possible and they might be making an effort so then it comes to like you know uh, the home decor or like things that you use in your personal life so that could be again uh, like having very minimal um, stuff at home like furniture or appliances or like like these are very bigger changes right mm-hmm. but then there could be also very smaller changes that you could start like this, call, uh, this can be called as a baby step um, mm-hmm. but a baby step is also very important to like you know overall change your perspective about the problem so then it starts with like you know identifying what are things you use day in and day out and trying to see that if it is really a good material for me to use so it starts with uh, say for example a toothbrush so i replaced my plastic toothbrush with a bamboo toothbrush so it has two things uh, at one go like one i'm using a sustainable product and second by not using plastic i'm reducing my chances of like you know chipping on that microplastics on and on which is going to damage my health as well so mm-hmm. whenever you see this kind of perspectives that whatever sustainable methods we are um, adopting are actually uh, giving a good impact on the planet and also on yourself, you start to see that the shift is happening suddenly in you uh, by yourself. So yeah. many people have this debate of like you know to use a um, uh, like a very a nice hundred percent organic cotton bag or like to. Uh, like you know stop using plastic bag or something like that so these are like very drastic decisions and we know that it is like you know a bit difficult for anyone to take that kind of oath of not using plastic forever or uh, all those things so but I see we need to have like a middle path that okay I have a plastic that is lying with me for a a fair amount of time so let me use it forever again and again so that once that is discarded I, I can be able to take up you know next material. So the priority always has to be to use whatever you have more often and then when you are going to start making change, then see that what best option uh, is available around. Otherwise, ma- uh, like like without understanding the basis of why we are doing this, if you just replace, try saying that I'm going to replace all my, uh, like for example, plastic jars with all glass jars or like I'm going to replace all my plastic with cotton bags. It is it is a very big problem. Uh, step and you will and then once you fail you will feel like you haven't made in, uh, taken enough efforts so mm-hmm. all these problems come up okay so yeah, the i think uh, to answer it uh, short it will be like uh, you have to first become more and more aware about the problem and once mm-hmm. you have understood the gravity uh, you will automatically see that you are making the changes yes for sure I think we all should move towards minimalistic lifestyle. What we tend to do is we tend to hoard what we see and uh, we don't understand whether it is going to be of use long term or not. It's just the attractiveness at the moment that we tend to uh, just go and buy it at the spur of the moment is what we keep on doing, I feel. Um, Hopefully, we will be more mindful after seeing your journey. And uh, well, moving towards... uh, your startup Dwij. When was it founded, and what was what was the idea? What does the firm cater to? Uh, so Dwij was founded uh, roughly in April two thousand eighteen. So it's uh, nearly two years now. Uh, so Dwij means uh, second life um, in Sanskrit. So basically, what we are saying that we are giving second life to whatever, uh, like you know, whatever possible material. Mm-hmm. But we first of all started with um, like catering denim jeans. So uh, denim jeans, both post-consumer after you have worn and uh, like you want to discard. And mm-hmm. also while making the denim, there is post-industrial uh, denim, which is like offcuts which are left out or like if there is any problem with the okay, okay. material or something like that. Uh-huh. So uh, we make uh, accessories for now from denim. So mm-hmm. especially we chose our uh, denim because like, you know, um, there uh, it is very widely available. And whenever you donate this denim, it is not necessary that it reaches to a person who is of the lifestyle of uh, having like you know jeans in their day-to-day lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So uh, at times, most of the times, it ends up in like you know cleaning activities or uh, in landfill. But otherwise, that material is so sturdy that you can make some use out of it, mm. and it's also versatile. It's uh, it has like you know nice, beautiful shades, so right. you you can do a lot with it. Okay. Uh, so, where do you source the cloth for uh, upcycling? Can anyone donate to do it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, definitely accept uh, donations from, like, corporates who want to do a drive about explaining the footprint of, uh, you know, each employee or societies where they want to, uh, like, donate their jeans and also individuals post their denim, the conscious people who really want uh, to make sure that their product reaches to someone uh, like something happens to their product uh, for its second life Uh, so other than this we also source our denim from second hand markets and chindi bazaars where uh, typically um, like you know uh, your clothes are passed to maids or maids would sell it in those kind of uh, you remember those uh, yes Bhandiwala. Um, uh, yes exactly who would exchange clothes for this thing so unfortunately in urban setups um, they are not allowed in your community communities anymore so it becomes a bit difficult for them as well so our idea is also to kind of you know give a um, push to that kind of informal market that uh, has a lot of uh, actual recycling or upcycling happening in today's date Okay, that's great. That's great. You're giving opportunities to a lot of people as well. But is it just jeans that you're using for now or do you uh, use other fabrics as well? As of now, yeah, we are focusing on jeans uh, because we thought that if we are uh, like, you know, asking for purity or saris, it can still be passed on to someone and even people in rural or tribal areas can also use that. So, mm-hmm. there's no point in uh, like trying to uh, commercialize something that has a very good solution in the first place. Right. But we do have, um, uh, like, uh, we do use post-industrial um, shirt or kurta uh, linings from uh, industries, which mm-hmm. are like off again. So, that those are used as inner lining of the bags. So, these are okay. essentially a virgin material, but they are in bits and parts so uh, nobody really makes any use out of it so it becomes our inner lining which are like very, very nice. okay so you create a patchwork and then you use it as a lining wow yes yes so how do how do the buyers reach you are they comfortable with the idea of upcycled products um, I think um, in the years there is a quite of uh, quite a bit of a shift in understanding of like you know upcycled products. So mm-hmm. I think there could still be a resistance with respect to wearing somebody else's clothes or like you know upcycling somebody else's material. But when it comes to accessories, I think pretty much people are cool with it because it is not like you are uh, uh, putting it uh, so much on yourself, right? So right, it's not uh, okay. they are comfortable. I see that. Yeah there could be few people who raise their eyebrows but i think that will be there forever um, <laughs> so that is uh, not an issue as such okay. but um but many people are uh, forthcoming and they have understood the need and they really appreciate the idea um, things are changing and uh, we have our own website whichproducts.com where uh, we sell uh, online and we also participate in like uh, different flea markets like equal flea or uh, like any major freeze, and uh, we also have few partner channels who promote our products, and yeah, so people reach out through Instagram, and um, we have few stores uh, like partner stores in Chennai and Bangalore. So uh, things are just rolling out fine. I think because of the pandemic, everything is a bit. yes, well. Yes, yeah, uh, but otherwise, it was really a good response that we were getting a good response. Okay. So, uh, what do you do uh, to convince people who are a little skeptical? Do you convince them? Uh, So, I think, uh, no, uh, we never get into the, um, like, you know, uh, the, um, so much of a discussion about why they must buy our product. We just educate them that, okay, first of all, you buy it if you really need it. It's not because I'm making you need to buy. They're never that come out so Mm -hmm. because we are promoting sustainable products we have to make them aware that why are we doing this and what is the reason behind it so Mm -hmm. we see where uh, my answer to all your uh, like you know how questions is always this that once you make aware it's done like your uh, job is done to a greater extent maybe they may not buy the uh, like you know suddenly at that point of time but they will still come back thinking that okay somebody else is doing it. So, the, I, we see a lot of reactions uh, this way also that many people wonder if it is really made from like uh, used denim. Uh, mm-hmm. That's because we uh, once these products are bought we get them washed very hygienically and then they are done very hygienically at our place. So, once you see the final product, you have to make them uh, like really uh, convince that this is a used product. If you don't tell about it, people mm-hmm. will never get to know about it the product quality is that good uh having said that you always uh, educate them that this is not a virgin material and uh, if they still would like to like you know go ahead or not so we have a nice card put on which talks about what actually uh, you have done by saving the uh, this like you know product and then who are the people who are involved uh, behind this product so we have their names also with that Oh. and all the care instructions, so people really see that there is a transparency so i think we don't have to really so much you know uh convince them about that and also uh, our uh, objective has always been that this should become the norm of uh, buying stuff it should not be like this is like you know something that we are doing um very um great or something this has to be actually the way we have to be doing things since ages. But we are not doing that. Uh, So we are just reviving what was there. So there's uh, like very little credit that as a brand or as that word upcycling anybody can take. uh, Because that's the way we have to be at this point. (laughs) That's the way we have to live. But we are not living like that. I have read in actually one of your blogs where I think you talk about Buddha. Where uh, Uh one rag of cloth is being used for multiple purposes till its purpose is Mm -hmm. like done. Uh, I would definitely be sharing the link of the website so anybody who's interested can go read it. It's uh, The blogs are really informative. Uh, coming to the blog, I have this question I read about the amount of waste that is produced by a casual consumerism of mass-produced product, mass produced clothes. So what is your say on yes. that? Can you enlighten the audience about it? Yeah, so depending upon the uh, where the cotton is grown, um, mm-hmm. the general statistics say says that Mm. For a pair of just one denim, Mm. uh, you need around uh, like roughly 10,000 liters of water. So what do they mean by that? Like to grow a cotton uh, that is required to make into a a denim, Uh you need 10,000 liters of water. Like imagine in 10,000 liters, what all we could do. Yes. And then after you're putting uh, all these resources into that, you Uh make a product quality in such a way that that doesn't last any longer. Then what are you essentially doing? You are just wanting to produce more and more. So since the quality is never the focus, obviously the cost is never the I mean a very um, important factor. And with the sweatshops that are all around us uh, these days, so it becomes very easy for any brand to like um, give at uh, give them at a very competitive price, either at a very competitive price in a uh, fast fashion brand mm-hmm. um, or. Uh, like, you know, um, uh, hide the price and have, like, really good quality stuff on the, um, uh, like, you know, for uh, buying and stuff. So, there's a very big difference in these two. So, what happens mm-hmm. is, like, even when the product is of low quality, many, many people buy it more and more because of its cost. And when it's a high quality product, people have got into so much of, like, um, uh, having so many clothes uh, to show off their, like, you know, uh, of the wardrobe everyday they might want to look in like a new look or something. All this kind of fads have put pressure yes. on both the ends of the consumerism like okay. even on a very mass produced uh, cheap quality product and also expensive mass product, uh, produced clothes. So and what also happens is like you might have uh, uh, when we surveyed we were shocked that many people had like 7, eight, ten pair of jeans like same blue jeans you were having in different shades and uh, what happens like after two to three years you uh, those genes may or may not fit you anymore and then yes. you just give up those genes so it's it's a lot about how you're thinking like um, uh, so yeah i can go on with the statistics on and on like uh, so for example they say that 95 um, percent of the clothes that we discard mm-hmm. uh, normally could have been like recycled or reborn or upcycled and um, but these normally end up in landfills or like they are downcycled to you know another uh, kind of um, product which uh, may not be at par the the quality of what would have been made of that product yeah. okay so the kind of things that we are buying is in turn putting pressure on the con- consumerism people who are producing this and uh, yes. also putting pressure on us because it, the idea has been sold that we have to look a certain way, uh, which is actually not necessary. It is okay if you live a minimalistic lifestyle and uh, make yeah. sure that you use buy clothes that are uh, that will last a little longer and you can, you know, use it for a longer period of time rather than buying clothes and not using it for three years. Um, yes, true. <laughs> well, I would like to uh, go back to Dwij, and I wanted to ask you. Who is responsible for designing do you have a team or do you create the patterns and have a set of people who design it for you yeah so we have freelancers uh, working on project basis Um, but generally our idea of designing any product has always been like the ease of use or comfort so uh, it has to more to do with um, like how uh, practical the product is or like you know how easily you can Uh, imbibe in your lifestyle uh, Mm -hmm. rather than like making a lot of like you know tailored very particular one piece uh, kind of thing. So for me um, one big challenge that I always uh, face in sustainable lifestyle is people think that um, all these products which are which have the sustainability story around it Mm -hmm. are a bit on higher side. Uh, uh, We do agree that fact that there are times where these products are on higher side But at the same time, people also have to look into the fact that how much efforts are uh, like, you know, taken while uh, sourcing this product, getting them washed and cutting each and every product according to its size and shape and then making it almost like one piece at a time. Mm. And also then comes the uh, angle of fair wages where you have to take care of your employees very well and then. All those kind of factors. So, we try to maintain our products in such a way that, like, you know, uh, all these factors are taken care and still the customer is happy about the end result. So, with respect to team, our, uh, our team, especially the helpers and workers, we have more. But uh, for designing, we, it is always freelancing. Okay, okay. So, there are freelancers and then you there are people who bring the designs to life. So, they are yes. all local people who are doing all yeah. the stitching and everything. Yes, okay. yes. So we have a uh, few men working, uh, um, like uh, men, women working in our workshop, mm-hmm. as well as we give uh, products to um, women working from home where they are first trained uh, for their quality checks and everything. And, and it becomes easier mm-hmm. for them to, like, you know, uh, handle their family and also do these things whenever um, they have okay. some time. Okay, so their priority is always to have a good quality product and to be able to import it. Okay, okay, okay. So they are just given a design, they are given a deadline and they deliver it to you. That's Yeah, uh, we give them the cut products and they make the uh, final product and then they give back. Okay. Well, it's a nice way that you have managed everything and the team has been managing well. I hope people uh, support you uh, because it's a lot of work that goes into creating a small product and I think now the listeners also know about it. I hope people come forward and support you for what you have been doing for so long. Um, I I would like to ask you about your blog because I went through each and every article and it is very informative. It gives a layman insight about various environmental impacts because of our lifestyle. How do you find time to research about these topics? Because it's so extensive and (sighs) written in a very short way. I think within around 1000 words, within 800 words, I think you've written everything. How do you do it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think when we, um, like, I mean, when I was researching for a lot of things myself while I was setting my uh, stuff or before, even before it started, mm-hmm. there were a lot of things I already was like, you know, kind of putting things together to understand what's happening. So because I read a lot of things and uh, kind of uh, also spoke to a lot of people in that sector and also uh, naturally I had a lot of uh, data. Uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, uh, having data is one thing, but to be able to translate that to uh, for anyone to understand is a major task. So I always see it in a perspective that uh, somebody who comes uh, should start it in a point that they have no idea of what that is but I, they still want to like you know understand more about it and at the same time if somebody who has a very good experience also comes to it and sees that everything is there you know already in place like uh, there is at least little bit spoken about each and everything so yeah i think but this blogs are very few we have lots and lots of uh, topics that we need to discuss and they'll keep coming so the blogs is uh, the blog part is like uh, ever going uh, learning thing for myself as well. Uh, Yeah, so um, yeah, when it becomes a part of you, I think the research and everything, you have that inquisitiveness to understand what more uh, like what else can you do. I'm sure I am really intrigued to read what you're going to write next. So I am definitely going to (laughs) sign up for it. I have the link. I'll be sharing with the others as well. I hope they go read about it because they're really informative. I think we've not even covered a part of what you have written there on this podcast. <laughs> so you should definitely go check it out. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. So, Samya, this is. I would like to ask you, what message would you like to give everyone out there to encourage them to follow sustainable living practices? Yeah, um, I think um, first of all, yeah, everyone has to be a little mindful about what we do. And uh, for me, as I mentioned that, um, minimalism generally involves, like, you know, change in mindset. So uh, that change in mindset has to actually free yourself first from, like, you know, the fear of getting judged or, uh, like, uh, fear of, like, if I escape from this kind of uh, peer pressure, uh, how will I be, like, you know, seen? Uh, So there's a lot of um, excessive consumerist culture around us. So to come out of it, takes a bit of like you know motivation yes. and uh, to me the second thing is like it has to be always about questioning your each and every thing that you buy and uh, even if you uh, like can avoid few things while you buy that if I really need this or not most of the things are sorted and once uh, you're sure that okay I cannot do away with this kind of thing then you have to definitely definitely look for a holistic replacement that uh, takes care of the type of material, their Mm. impacts and also the people who are involved in that whole process. Like um, There could be the best of the best organic cotton uh, uh, piece of clothing but you hear the news that their employees are being treated very harshly then Mm. that doesn't really account for a very holistic replacement, I would say. Right. One follow minimalistic lifestyle, ask whether they need it or not and even if they are finding a replacement, make sure... That uh, the people who are providing you the service are being treated well. Um, that is the message that I take away from this. Uh, coming, yeah. coming to the final, final question. This, this I ask everything because the podcast is called unsettling. So I ask everyone, what does settled mean to them? Oh, so is uh, this is a <laughs> uh, this is a question I think each and everyone keeps asking themselves. I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this is a very. Um, a kind of I would say a very kind of uh, a a spiritual question for myself like what 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 do you mean by uh, like you know settled so I think uh, for this we have to really see what are uh, our basic um, uh, I don't know basic pull for of your life Mm. so for me um Uh, Yeah, settling, of course, is an unending process, you will have to say. But uh, for me, it's all about um, being true to your uh, situation and uh, stuff like that. So, like, I mean, uh, for me, it was a very big, uh, drastic change to uh, change my automobile engineering career to a fashion-related career, which is like, you know, Mm -hmm. I have no clue about. So, it's all about starting from scratch. Uh, Mm -hmm. So... So, it's an ongoing process. Um, And to me, I think uh, settling is about really pushing yourself every day and to see what best you can do. I'm not sure, like, I I really need to think for myself after the podcast (laughs) as well. (laughs) What does this really mean? Well, I hope. But yeah, I definitely uh, uh, think that it should go beyond uh, just uh, material positions and really some journey towards your own quest. Yeah. Well, I guess you have found your own quest in Duvij. And uh, never be settled, I would say. Keep on exploring, keep on finding new things to do and uh, inspiring people to be more sustainable, to lead a minimalistic lifestyle. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. Um, I will definitely make sure that I stop my habit of impulse buying after this. I hadn't realized that it is possible... Glad to know that. uh, Even if we could uh, bring change in one uh, person, I'm sure you will influence more people around you. I I hope so too. I hope so too. I'm definitely going to stop this going for uh, sales and just buying stuff and then not using it because I can't fit into it anymore. I'd rather make sure that I have something that is more sustainable, that is more long-lasting, and maybe try and make tiny changes in my lifestyle as much as possible. Thank you so much, Samya. Thank you for sharing your journey yeah thank you amrita for having me are there any websites or uh, blogs or links that uh, i can share with the people can you mention them if uh, yeah so uh, we try to come up with a lot of content ourselves on our uh, website mm-hmm. um otherwise um i mean uh, nothing is coming to my mind as such okay. but i would definitely um say that like it's a there's no one um, place where you can find all your answers, so you have to be a little bit active to, like, you know, uh, uh, see why one thing over other thing. Yeah, yeah. so if people want to, yeah, follow and we have, Twitch, we also, they can get in. How, how do they get in touch with you? So we have a Instagram handle, which products. Okay. Um, they can also subscribe our uh, newsletter on our website, whichproducts.com done and uh, yeah i think google search on DWIJ will also be helpful to direct them to a lot of links okay i'll make sure that i share the links also in the description so that people can find you easily just in case that uh, people don't find the links they can le- definitely listen to the podcast and google it <laughs> thank, yes, sure. thank you thank, thank you so much for your time. thank you very much yeah bye bye hello people thank you for tuning in if you like this episode and you like unsettling, all you have to do is give me a feedback. And for that, please visit my Instagram page. That is Amrita Sukumar underscore unsettling. And uh, where well, you can send me a DM or you can send me a mail. All the details are there on that page. I would love for you to just tell me how you feel. Yeah. And I will get back to you. And if you have any people who would like to share their stories, you have to let me know. Because I would love to listen to them. Till then, stay tuned to Unsettling, like, share, subscribe, follow, let your friends know, and uh, stay safe. Yeah? (laughs) Bye.